So we feel like people haven't been hearing our pleas for reviews, for written reviews on iTunes, because maybe it's at the end of the episode and you guys aren't listening that that far ahead. So we're going to do it now. Hey, leave us reviews. Please leave us reviews. Evan wants to talk about Dragon Age. I want to talk about Dragon Age so bad. Also, maybe if you were to like post a link to Ending Pending on your social media platforms. Yeah, make make your other friends do it. Yeah. You don't have to, but make your other friends do work. We're not asking you for money. We're just asking you for your time. Yeah, it's not even your time. It's two seconds. Yeah. And, like, don't worry about, like, sometimes I want to review a show, but I, I like, oh, no, I've got to plan it out because it's got to be witty and quick. It doesn't have to be. Just tell us that you like us or that you don't like us. That's fine, too. But just tell us because then that's the only way we know how they, like, cater our content. Dragon Age just got reconfirmed for a fourth game. They, they confirmed it yet again. It's been confirmed so many times. So this is going to be really relevant and funny. You want to hear it. If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know how much I crave being funny and relevant. It's all I want. Also, if you thought Drunk Smallville was good, wait till we drunk review Felicia Day's self-insert OC into the Dragon Age fandom. Yes. It's going to be great. Please go to iTunes. Please leave us a review. We We won't even bother you about it at the end of the episode. We're just saying it now. And... And... Tell, tell all your friends. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Penting. I'm your host, Andy. Were you trying to eat the microphone right there at the beginning? I wanted to try like a vor thing, but I realized we were in you an audio. Not. That's not like an you. audio medium. I've been watching a lot of Griffin's shit lately, so don't judge me. Okay, I'm also here, and I'm Evan. I'm Alexi Lawless, and I'm Ronnie. Oh, you did like a fun little little intro there, Ronald. Yeah, you, yeah. You, did, you made a reference. Alexi Lawless was in these episodes. He, he was. Uh, and by these episodes, we are a podcast. That is what we are. We're a podcast, and we cover television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering the war crime that is mixology. But before we get into... That's a bit much. That's a um, lot much. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Very Bad Show... We'll talk about I, that. I would call it an average bad show, but I'm just real bored. Okay. Um, the the sh- the bad sh- we have to take like a stand. We can't just be like, eh. All right. Like, well, this is not, not the time content. where we do that. There's, there's yeah, I always give intro. a little bit when I we watched the bad show episodes seven, eight, nine, and fucking ten this week. It's mm-hmm. not called the bad show. <laughs> Before we get into mixology. We're going to do a bit, and this week's bit is our housemate crinkles a lot of paper in the background, and everyone shits on Andy. <laughs> That's the bit we're doing. Okay, <laughs> okay. Are we Been waiting fun? for this. Been waiting to just roast Andy. Let's do it, because that's apparently the bit we're doing. Oh, is it? <laughs> do you have a bit? 
Um, I was going to talk about how much I love you for making me Twitter famous, Ronnie. Oh, but, stop it. Um, um, I have an I, I have an idea. Uh, the show Mixology is it all takes place in a bar, and there's lots of lots of fun and flirty drinks uh, going around everywhere. If uh, if we were fun and flirty drinks, what would we be? <laughs> Evan would be an old fashioned because he's an old old man mm. who likes Ronnie, oranges. Ronnie, you're the most peculiar heterosexual I've, I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I We're love, gonna put that on your tombstone someday. <laughs> I love a fun and flirty drink. There's a certain point of every bar experience that I have where if I get tipsy enough, I just go to the bartender and say, "What is the fun and flirtiest drink that you have?" And they just whip me up something with pineapple and coconut rum and and four cherries and i'm just like yum 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 don't get me wrong i don't believe in gendering drinks and i also believe that things with sugar in them are objectively delicious mm-hmm. and there's no way you can get around that that's how sugar but, works um, yeah that is how that are are we are in fact biologically programmed to to want that good good stuff um there's this is this is just a very odd thing for someone to think of off the top of their head. <laughs> well, think about it. Are you an old fashioned right. Evan? Um, that's that's I, I mean, I it's fun know. and flirty enough. I I mean, I, I don't think it's very flirty. It's um, not flirty. It's tasty. It's, it's I love flirty an in the ma- in like the madman kind of way. What's what's in an old fashioned? Uh, orange, orange, uh, bourbon or rye, bitters, and Some sometimes bitters. a cherry and simple syrup. That sounds that sounds like me. You're yeah. a bitter orange. Yeah, I am. I do it's like it's a little bitters. smoky. It's got like kind of an arc to it. The, the, the way that the ice melts as you drink it, it kind of like starts very strong and very sweet, and then slowly mellows out as as you drink it. There are so many layers to Ronald. Not to me, to an old fashioned. Yeah, that sounds good. I don't I don't order a lot of cocktails because uh, I'm extremely frugal. So yeah, uh, I'll take it. I'll take an old fashioned. I think that sounds like me based on your. Your sage description mm-hmm. of this beverage. Andy, how about you? My problem with this uh, question is that I like my alcohol in the way that I don't like everything else and that I usually drink it straight. Uh. <laughs> and, and so uh, I, I just don't know nearly enough about like fun drinks that's sure sure but uh whatever ian daniel drinks that's what i would be because i want him to drink me up (laughs) who's that he's the really 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 charming and attractive boy uh he's a man i don't know why i called him a boy uh i've been listening to mcelroy content uh he's the dude who does a vacation gotcha and his instagram account ellen Ellen page's best friend his Instagram account is lit. Hmm, fun, fun. He's a good-looking man. He is. Ronnie, uh, the the originator of the the question. I know you must have a good answer for this. Surely. I mean, it, this is certainly not the drink that I would prefer. The drink that I would prefer would be an old-fashioned. So, Evan, you're you're my kind of drink. Um, <laughs> but I would probably not not to like hearken too much to this these episodes of television but i would probably be one of those giant fishbowl drinks because everyone can share you because yeah it's like you know it's very fun it's sweet 
everyone gets involved. But then after a while, you realize this is just a lot. This, yeah. <laughs> This, this is, is more this is, than I had in mind, and I really, I'm just going to leave this here and hope that somebody else takes it away. Oh, I would take it away. I, I oh. would love that fishbowl drink. It's I just, would drink too much of it and feel bad afterwards. After I a while, it's it. just like, this is just too, you're, you're, this drink, you are a little bit too much. <laughs> what a delightfully self-aware commentary in the form of Be, beverages. Do we want to finish mixology? We... What, we have yeah. to. That's we. That's our thing that we do. Do we have to? We do. We have to. I made a mistake. We've, we've committed ourselves to this free passion project that we do for no reason. Yes. Um. And uh, Evan, what what show are we? What 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 episodes of this show do we watch? The episodes of the show that we have watched are um. Uh, oh, seven, I know! Eight, nine, I, I know! Ten. I knew it! I was gonna. St- well, I said it God at the start it, of the Andy. show. I said it I, eight minutes ago. Okay, I believe you, but I had not remembered that at all, and I was gonna say it from memory. Anyway, it's seven, eight, nine, and ten, and um, we're gonna we're gonna switch things up a little bit in here. We're gonna I'm 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 doing a bamboozle. Uh, I'm I'm giving Ronnie penance for having missed last episode. So yay, Ronnie has to do the episode descriptions. I'm doing the synopsises this week. I always have to do them, and it's it's annoying. This, so now this, you have to be annoyed, Ronnie. This is enthusiasm. Uh, now you know how I feel. I do. I this do. is why I'm. This is why I'm so bitter and cynical every episode because I have to do homework. So I have to edit the damn podcast. <laughs> yes, but this podcast was your idea, Ronnie. Fine, fine. Okay, so we're gonna jump right in with episode seven titled "Bruce and Fab." So Bruce is the like the redheaded energy. guy who is generally awful, and Fab is the friend of Jessica from uh, Paris who is also pretty generally horrible. Uh, Bruce and Fab hate each other. Um, And as the night goes on, we find out that Fab has a weird relationship with conflict, where when she is in conflict with somebody, she mistakes that for sexual tension or just love. Um, and as Bruce and Fab kind of fight with each other, she gets really into him, and they end up going out for pizza. Tom accidentally gets into a fight where these short, bald guys have a beef with the trio, and uh, eventually they come over, try to sort some things out, because according to this episode, short, bald guys always want to fight, and through some, some slippage and some sleight of hand, Tom appears to have won this fight, and the whole bar is, like, super into him. Because people love people who beat other people up, Right, yeah. Yeah. The pizza story wraps up with Bruce realizes that he actually loves Jessica, and he's not gonna have sex with, with Fab. And the short, bald guy's girlfriend comes and beats up Tom, and nobody is is into them anymore at the end of that episode jessica shows Liv and maya a picture of ron's penis and they're they're just all twitter pated about it in episode eight titled jessica and ron 
Jessica regrets that she also sent a nude photo to Ron. And she is, like, on a mission to... To delete it. Right. I had forgotten until this episode that they initially both had been at the bar because they were on an internet date. Yep. They were meeting at this bar because they met on, like, Tinder or whatever. This tangled web that they weave. (laughs) Jessica starts to really, like, cozy up to Ron, and she's like, oh, I'm going to delete the photo, and then he feels... Like, he do- she doesn't trust him. Uh, Liv is, like, trying to, like, separate them because she loves Ron. And Jessica and Ron seem, like, pretty good for each other. And also, Jessica's not cheating on anybody to hang out with Ron. So, I'm cool with this couple. Uh, Maya is all into this uh, hot guy who thinks that she's a prostitute. And there's some some weird conversation that goes on about that. And Bruce is all mad that he doesn't meet anyone's fetish, and he kind of fetishizes his friends in a weird way. Um, And then he realizes there's women who are super into redheads. He goes into it, but then that's when Alexi Lawless pops in. Uh, Pop quiz. Alexi Lawless is a soccer player? I have no fucking idea. I think fact. soccer. I think soccer. I, th- I thought he was the Bulgarian seeker who, at the World Cup, when the Irish was ahead by uh, 170, or I'm sorry, was it 180 to 20? I think it was 170 to 10. Yeah, and he got the snitch to end the game on his own terms. Yeah. Because he knew Bulgaria could never beat Ireland's seeker, or Ireland's chasers. Yeah. I think the you're thinking. Just too good. I think you're thinking of Victor Crumb. Ooh, I don't think so. Wasn't he the guy who competed in the Tri Wizard tournament? He was not the same guy who was the seeker. Agree to disagree. Uh, he's the Shark Boy <laughs> from the Lava Girl movie. <laughs> right, that one. <laughs> Alexa Lolly. He was definitely the the seeker. Uh, I believe Alexa Lolly is a soccer player um, who's also redheaded. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> And Jessica reveals that she was lying to Ron the whole time. Uh, but they make up, and it's all yay. In episode nine, Dominic and Casey. Uh, this is the bartender, the the very attractive male bartender, and uh, Casey, who in previous episodes was into Cal. Um, she kind of puts him on the spot and says, I'm going to go for Cal unless you want to be in a relationship. No one will say no. And he said, yeah, I'll try it. And then this episode kicks off, and Dominic is super concerned because he doesn't know how to be in a relationship, and he talks to Tom about it, uh, How and Tom is, like, eager to give him, like, very kind of the only good advice, but also very sensitive guy advice. Liv is very drunk and is kind of being shepherded around by Maya and Fab, who Fab has, like, joined this little little trio and she's trying to like call her fiance and call off the wedding and they don't want her to do that unless she's sober um there's a f- this is like the the weakest storyline of all is like there's this like friend that latches on to Bruce and Cal and and he's just keeping everybody away talking about scuba diving or something yeah that was random but yeah and then there's a bunch of flashbacks about how Dominic and Casey's relationship started and it's kind of 
it's kind of cute. I kind of like the way that they like kind of play off the the dramatic irony of like what we're supposed to know and what we don't know of that whole thing. Um, and it doesn't work out with Cal or with uh, Dominic and Casey. So Cal and Casey make a date for after the shift uh, because Dominic takes Tom's advice way too seriously and literally. And Casey's like, "Ew, gross." Uh, in episode ten, Liv and Jim. Who's this Jim guy? It's her fiance shows up. Bruce gets into an argument with Tom and Cal because they watched Downton Abbey without him because he's one of those awful people who just kind of like shit talks a thing while they're enjoying the thing. Um, And then Bruce finds like a new group of friends to hang out with and they like enjoy him for a little bit until they realize that he's a bad guy. And then Liv is kissing Ron right on the lips and Jim shows up and there's this whole thing about how they're really good for each other, but then they're not good for each other because Liv's got some wanderlust or something and they end up breaking up and they go back to the, she goes back to the bar and it's, it's sad, but kind of happy, I guess. I don't know. But that's the end. That's uh, that's all four of these episodes of Mixology. So let's, it sure do be. Let's talk about these four episodes of Mixology. We could do that. We could. Um, Evan. Yeah. How, what? How did these four episodes of Mixology make you feel on, like, a personal level? It is... Are these four episodes working for you? Um, on a personal level, they made me feel mildly annoyed mm-hmm. and a little bit hungry. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, the bar, the the the, the kitchen was closed at the bar at this point, and that's always that's exactly when I want wings. Every time, as soon as the kitchen at the bar closes, is when I'm like, oh, French fries. Yeah, um, I I don't feel like these episodes were working. Uh, every sort of any conflict that we saw, any character development that we had over the course of the previous six episodes, which was minimal, to be fair, but anything that we any progression we have seems to have just sort of doubled back on itself, and conflicts just feel like they're being contrived at this point. So no, it is not. It's not working for me. Andy. Yeah. Uh, are these four episodes of ABC's Mixology working for you? Oh, um. No, 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 no. Not very good. <laughs> Do you care to elaborate? Other than just not very good. Very boring. Yeah. There's. There's no. Like, weird pan nymph that's come to teach them ironic lessons about their awful behavior. They're all just still awful. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Um, are these these here four diggity dern episodes of Mixology, are they working for you? They are. And can I say, it's a firm they are. 
I really, I really enjoyed oh, these man. episodes of Mixology. Oh, fuck oh no! I know. I was a little bit put off by your negativity. I get it, but at the same time, I really liked them. Well, one, now I need to apologize because I feel me? bad. Yeah, no. I feel like a bad friend. I didn't make the show. <laughs> but no, you liked it, and I shat on it. No. Um, and it's, two, it's... I have to ask. For real, you're not just doing this no, for like I, a bit on the podcast. I I genuinely it, listen. I it, if I want to be like combative, then I'll say like I liked it, but like it was close. I firmly, genuinely enjoyed this. Whatever, what is it? Two hours of television. Uh. Um, real real talk. Uh, I'm going through the IMDb for Mixology to find my boy Patty. Mm-hmm. And there is someone named Jonathan Kowalski who is credited as playing douchebag number one. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that that speaks volumes to the sort of show this is. We can continue now, though. Good. Oh, hey, good. I found douchebag number two. His, his <laughs> name was Nick D. Brizzy Jr. Oh, wow. All right, uh, Ronnie, let's let's... Let's do you want to talk about why the I fine, liked it? The fine ice pick point of your joy to to break the ice on our likes. Okay. Um, I'll just jump right in. Floor's open. Go. Whoever wants to talk about all the things that no, they no, enjoyed. No, no, no. The the floor is very much Ronnie. Is what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> please, please regale us with your your experience. And we will assess the ways in which it differed from mm-hmm. ours. Um, I just feel like everyone is getting, and this is probably like exactly the opposite from y'all, but I feel like people, everyone's getting more likable. I, I still don't think that Bruce should end up with anybody on this show because he's he's clearly terrible. But I like I'm laughing at his jokes a lot, the ones that aren't terrible like i i find like his kind of just like wit to be very enjoyable in this like in the scene it's it feels improvisational in the scene where he's kind of kicked out of the second friend group with his giant bowl he is kind of like uh like they're like oh but i'm still coming to your wedding right and he said oh actually we just the the, the one friend said we just actually found out that we're all full up and bruce says well i'm coming anyway he said no you're not yes i am and he just screams as he walks away. Like, it's just good. It's good jokes. It's funny. Um, the only thing of Bruce's that I enjoy on any level is his self-deprecating, like, li- literally, look how disgusting I am, and mm-hmm. I get laid all the time. Like, he's made this uh, a remark to that effect several times. Yeah. Like, everyone at some point is desperate enough to have sex with someone as gross and useless and talentless as me. Right. And I find that funny because I agree with it 100%. He's gross mm-hmm. and useless and talented <laughs> and, or, and talentless. And when Fab Fab says something like, why were you even born? You're not attractive and you don't, you don't do anything. <laughs> like, you don't have any redeeming qualities. And he's like, yup. <laughs> and <laughs> the scene between him and Fab goes so, so deep and so cruel. And it is so funny. When, that she, one, when she screams, I, why were you even born? I was just like, Are to you teach kidding? you about pizza was great. 
It's so good. I agree that there, like, again, that, like, as with the first couple of episodes, like, there's jokes in there that land, Mm -hmm. but I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of dead space between the jokes that land, and I feel like there's increasingly more dead space between the jokes that land. I I feel like I'm laughing at a lot more. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I liked... I'll just keep going episode by episode. Episode nine, where Dominic is kind of trying to find out how to be a boyfriend. You put Dominic in this position where, and I think this is why Bruce also works for me now, because like when somebody is like that terrible, the second they become vulnerable and like, you know, do it in a comedic sense, I love it. And so when Dominic, who's this macho, just like, very like suave debonair person is just like i don't know how to to do relationship or boyfriend it's just like nobody is maybe there i shouldn't say that there's probably somebody who is that like just unaware of how to do those things but he is like such a caricature and tom being like oh i know exactly how to do this like relationships are my thing like is becomes this like confident like no you got to do this and this and i just like seeing yeah this dude who's only dated one woman ever right (laughs) the dichotomy that's played out there is like one person who is a caricature of somebody who doesn't know how to do relationships and a caricature of someone who's like super sure that they've got relationships on lock like i just enjoyed that back and forth it was it was it was funny with Dominic, I really felt like his sudden urge to have a relationship with Casey came absolutely out of nowhere. Yeah. Yep. Like, it, it had nothing to do with anything. It was just, like I said, a contrivance for that one episode so they could do some some goofs about him being bad at spooning or whatever. They kind of set him up as a wild card in previous episodes where he's, like, musical but not musically talented. And, like, oh, now he's just like, yeah, just get in a relationship. He just seems like a people pleaser. Um, until he gets a guitar out and pleases nobody. Um, Can we just say, too, that, like, those really over-the-top, like, romantic gestures on the spot for people you don't really know are 90% of the time about the dude doing oh. it and not ever about the the woman they're trying to please. 100%. And I think that is illustrated perfectly here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's way more like a masturbatory thing than it is. Mm-hmm. Like oh, look how oh, sensitive I am. Oh, right. Watch me. Watch me watch do me this stroke thing. myself right. in front of everyone. Dominic gets up for Jessica and does this whole like, uh, I'm going to sing a song for that girl. That one right there. Everyone look at her. He like, gets uh, her name wrong. Yeah. Too, Jerica. No, Jessica. Jessica. Um, great great job on the acoustic guitar don't know where the drums keyboard and electric guitar of that song came from while it was playing he had it on Um, a computer was was, it yeah he it showed a a quick scene of him like clicking on like a a sample board like before he started playing i will say i liked the goof where like dominic's like really shitty romance song is completely like narratively hijacked by the three dumb friends getting back together mm-hmm. and it is like no one romantically like finds any fulfillment in that song but three three friends having a dumb fight about downton abbey yeah slow-mo reunite during it and that was that was rather sweet yeah i i i, I enjoy that trio like 
Bruce on his own, like, I agree. He He's grading, and, and the fact that I'm finding jokes funny is, like, fine. But, like, the fact that, like, they are not, like, on, like, a womanizing spree. Like, Bruce is kind of a little bit. But it's, like, kind of just, like, turned more interpersonal about, like, this, like, trio of boy f- friends. Not boyfriends in, in the sense that they're they're dating, but, like, friends of that are just, like, so, so connected. Guy pals. Um, Dude friends. Guy pals, yeah. I, guy this, pals. It was... <laughs> like it gal was, pals. The point at which Bruce kind of wanders off and Tom and Cal realize that they can't really be friends without Bruce there is like so it's like too real. Yeah. Like it's like there's always like a group where like there's people that like from high school that I consider a very close friend that if there's not one other person that we are friends with, we could never ever hang out. And like there there are people that I would call on like in a heartbeat, but like you just need that like binder friend in that situation to make it like a little bit smoother. And it was just like it it wasn't like funny, but it just felt like, yep, yep, I've been there. Very my, been there. My favorite bit from these episodes was uh Phil, who's the hanger on, mm-hmm. who he's this random dude that comes up to uh, Bruce and Cal while Tom is getting drinks and just starts talking to him. And they're like, who's this weirdo? Like, he's so awkward. He's talking about scuba diving and his catamaran, and he's got, like, a vest on or, or something. He looks like he looks like that guy. He, he, he voted for Mitt Romney. Yeah. Is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this guy's so annoying. Like, oh, he must be Tom's friend. And then tr- Tom comes back. And is like, oh, hey, like, it's nice to meet you. And they're like, fuck, we got a, a rando. And every con I've ever been to. <laughs> that was extremely relatable. Some yeah. some cishet white dude who doesn't realize that we don't want to, like, talk with him because he's annoying. We don't know him. Comes up and just inserts himself into whatever we're doing and starts telling us all of his opinions. Mm-hmm. And it is the worst. It happens at LARP all the time too. It, it happens, ev- like it happens all the time. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're that dude. Yeah. And and stop doing that, because <laughs> people that don't know you don't want to hear your opinions on scuba diving. I I have like, not I don't have sympathy. But I kind of have sympathy because I would I would never be this person. I'm not bold enough to just be like, oh, this is a group that I'm going to enter myself into. But making friends is hard sometimes, and especially like when there's established groups of friends that are into cool stuff that you're into. It's like I could see wanting to do this, but like there's, there, there's there like are a time, better ways to do. Yeah, it. there's a time to do it, and there's a way to do it. And like this dude just sitting at their table uninvited. Yes, not yes. the way to do it. And not like, okay. And like if. If we're doing a photo shoot at a con and you just walk over and you're like, oh, you uh, you cosplayed that version of Uncharted? Psh, should have done the third one. The third was, and it's just like, bruh, like, shut the fuck up. You don't get to tell me what costume to do or what, like, go away. I, I, I hate Phil. Yeah. Phil, Phil is a bad, bad man. But you connected with it. Oh, oh, yeah, I connected to it. It, it was, was brilliant writing. Yeah, yeah it was it a was, relatable bit. It was well done. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, I'm not saying, like, don't try to make friends. Like, right. 
There's there's just a respectful, not creepy people, way to do people it. People will give you the social signals that you are welcome. Trust me. Trust but me. I, I feel like I never get those. I feel like I just <laughs> I feel like I wander and look at cool stuff with other cool people around me, and no one's ever like, "Hey, you into this thing?" Like, my my goal is just to have somebody who, like that. I think that's what like I I've always wanted to be famous, which is like a bad thing don't want to be famous but like that's been like my goal it's like what do you want to be grow up when you grow up famous i think i just want people who already know stuff about me and know who i am to come up and say hey you're ronnie here's the thing that we share and i'm like cool i got so excited about that moment i threw my microphone off the table um, um like real real talk uh i think the like the Bambino community is like a really cool way to do that and I see mm-hmm. people posting up in like their fan groups all the time of like I live here and have no friends like does anyone want to get pizza and people are like fuck yeah let's hang out and talk about the newest Sawbones episode or whatever the fuck and like yeah. there's there's definitely ways to do it it does involve putting yourself out there and again there's like a way to put yourself out there in a not creepy way. Ronnie, I'm going to tell you how I socialize, all right? This is my tell, strategy. Oh, get, I, I hang on, let me pull up a pen and paper for these <laughs> sweet sweet strats. All right, so I have like social anxiety mm-hmm. and um I just don't talk to people ever. Mm-hmm. I hang around people like Andy who do a lot of talking. Yes. And I'm the quiet aloof one. And uh, people gravitate towards me because they think I'm, like, mysterious and distant. And they develop this strange fascination with me, and then they sort of follow me around. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. then I slowly begin to converse with them in drips and drabs, maintaining my mystique. I, I love you, babe, and that works for you, but there's no way Ronnie can do that. No, I'm not I'm just mysterious. telling you. Yeah. I'm just telling you that's that's the only thing that's uh, like I, I'm I'm like poking fun at myself a little bit here because like I do I never talk to you people. are a bit like a spider. Yeah, I just I just hang on the periphery of conversations, and anyone who thinks I'm interesting enough to like interact with will just sort of magnetically float towards me mm-hmm. over the course of hours of hanging out. And See, that's just how it go. My my pro strats for communicating with humans is I definitely can't do mystery and I definitely can't do like genuine extrovert like Andy. But like my Shout thing Shout at people till we become friends. Right, right. Yeah. What I'll do is I'm still chatty even though I'm not like an extrovert. I just kinda like, oh yeah, like I, I don't leave much on the table. And then over time you realize, hey, this person's really funny, but it's a long time. Like, it's like the way that I let my humor out is very much like a slow drip that people we, start to enjoy We had enjoy like a soulmate moment when we became friends, Ronnie. We did. We yeah, did. It was magic. Well, it it was, you were like. We were at a, we were, we were at a singles young adult Bible study. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and uh, you were just like nerd stuff, nerd stuff, nerd stuff, and I was like, "Gotta meet that person." They were like, "Yeah, the key to dating is wives submit to your husbands." And I was like, "Bad stuff." Hey, what Bad if times? 
what if we talked about like did y'all did y'all see like Iron Man 3 that just came out like that was some good shit like right and Ronnie and I were just like hey let's be friends mm-hmm. that's adorable we should probably yeah. talk about the actual show some more I, yeah yeah this show's so <laughs> bad though let me just wrap up why I like this show I like a show you guys were talking earlier about how like there's it, there's no consequences and no real conflict and no real stakes some of the shows that I like the most are these like comedies where you know that like nothing disastrous is going to happen and it's just you know a bunch of people in a room kind of playing house your your new girl your happy endings um shows like that i'm i'm always going to give comedies a pass like not that like any comedy is going to be like yeah like it's working but like they're gonna like I'm going to go easier on them because I just I like to live in that world where like the conflict is minimal and is easily laughed off. Um, I, I get I, that. It's certainly not a stressful show to watch. No. And I probably would have been fine with it had they not uh, like jammed in so many like stereotypes and like yeah. no, low certainly. key misogyny up to this point. Like had it had it not been a mediocre show with problematic stuff in it it would have just been a mediocre show in which case i would have been like eh, whatever yeah. but like eh. that stuff is is i mean not not to excuse it that stuff is lessening a little bit and it, people it are, is, I feel, but... are becoming more likable and they're showing different sides of themselves um and relationships are really starting to form and blossom and it's it's just it's it's working it's it's working um but enough about good stuff let's talk about why it's not working i'm gonna throw in one more like and that's that uh i like maya i think maya's kind of funny and cutting out like and also her backstory about her being basically a terrible person and like having a lot of internalized misogyny and all that stuff like we know that as background but it doesn't really seem to be playing out as far as her actual character. Like, she seems to really care about Liv a lot. Uh, she seems to be making friends relatively easily. And, mm-hmm. like, she doesn't seem terrible, which right. is contrary to what her backstory narration would indicate. And, like, I, I quite like her as a character. I think she's funny. I think that's my kind of brand of humor. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little annoyed that she's got this kind of dichotomy of personality. That doesn't seem to be borne out in any way by the narrative. It's just, like, they can't seem to quite figure out what to do with her exactly. Right. I thought it was fucking adorable that she does that magic show with her fiancé. That's Liv, not Maya. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Maya's the one who hates it. Yeah, I think I just got totally confused. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um... Yeah, all right. Do, do you have any likes to throw in, Andy, or shall we progress to the bads? Um, you like the magic show that Liv does with her husband. No, Beyonce. but I didn't like that because it was framed as dumb. Yeah. It was framed as, like, a reason they shouldn't be together. And I'm like, no, it's adorable. Yeah. Anything good? I'm shaking, I'm shaking that positive Andy tree and hoping some positive fruit falls out. I want to see Ron's dick. 
I kind of want to see Ron's dick too. I was like, the, the joke about dudes looking like their penises was funny. Evan literally laughed out loud at that. Yeah, that was funny. The, the yeah, the, especially Liv's reaction to Maya goes like, just casually, just says like, yeah, dudes pretty much look like their penises, <laughs> and Liv like dismisses that for a second, and then a guy walks past, and she's like. Oh my god, you're right. Let's do more. And then they just like sit there speculating about what dudes' penises look like. Like that that was just, pretty funny. In general, I like their friendship. I just mm-hmm. wish Maya wasn't a terrible influence. You know what time it is? What time is it? Patty watch. <laughs> oh boy. What was Patty doing? So Credited on IMDb is Dominic the bartender, and then Drew, uh, I think it was like Drew Longbottom or something, as bartender number three. He does not have a picture of himself on his IMDb because this is the only show he's ever been in, and no one is credited as bartender number two. So I do not know if Drew is Patty. Patty briefly talked with... uh, I want to say Cal, or no, he talked with Bruce. Bruce was trying to get his attention with Maya. Ah. And they couldn't get his attention. And so Bruce broke a a glass to get Patty's attention. Yeah. That was shitty. No, Patty. It's Patty. Patty (laughs) can't do anything wrong. Patty's great. Well, no, 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 not the bartender. Breaking the glass on the floor to get the bartenders. Like, he he basically thawed that glass. Right. (laughs) Like, I've been there. I've been, it's tough to get a a bar. Actually, I'm I'm pretty good at getting bartenders. I'm pretty good at it, too. Yeah. I am not I am, terrible. I at immediately. It. That's a that's a situation where quiet mystique does not work. No. Can I give no. you a tip, babe? Yeah. Tip first. Just put money on the bar. But what if they're then bad? But well, you're tipping tip them to get your yeah. drink. Like it's like I'm cutting the line. Here's three dollars. Pretend I am. I, I don't know. A Vince tip is McMahon. like man. A tip is like a service charge. It's not. It's not like a, you know, you did a good job, so I'm going to give you money. Especially not for bartenders. They got to be running all around. Yeah, tip tip first, then you get served right away. I don't go to bars enough that this is a real concern for me. To here, here, here's my tip, Evan. Just uh, get those elbows up, flash those biceps. That's what I do. You do have some sweet, sweet guns, babe. I... <laughs> and by guns, I mean Evan's arms were... We'd... We, we're not gun owners. No. 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 Uh, our home defense is our cats and my sweet-ass Boromir sword on the wall. Yeah, there is a sword on our wall. Anything we else keep... good? We had Patty watch, and that was beautiful and amazing, and I love mm-hmm. him. Um, I think all the stuff we've already hit is my positives. Like, when the friends aren't being douchebags and running plays to get, to get chicks... Their their dynamic is is pretty likable. Um, it's the normal guy, the douchebag guy, and the like the twerp, and that's you see that all the time in TV shows. Yeah, uh, and it works for a reason. Um, and I like Maya and Liv's friendship, um, even if it's a little bit weird. Um, and I still like Ron. 
Ron's good. Yeah, Ron's Ron's, Ron's still Ron's compelling and got, funny. Ron's just witty and oh the the urinal thing, the urinal yeah. thing was funny. Um, I've 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 never been like confronted by like a dude in a bathroom about that. I don't know if anyone's that bold, but I've definitely had dude friends be like, "Yo, that guy stood next to me at the urinal. I bet he's fucking gay." Uh, and it's just like, what the fuck? No, he had to yeah. pee. <laughs> that's just, I want to, for anyone out there who might be in doubt, that's not how gay dudes work. Yeah. Gay, if if a gay man wants to see a penis, they can just go on the internet. Literally grinder. Gay dudes yeah, see like, I, all like, the dick they want we ever. Get, we get to see penis that we never even wanted to see. We don't want to see your penis. While you're, you're going potty. No, that's that's potty time. That's not a thing that people do yeah um, and if if anyone's ever in the bathroom with me and i am like very like you know i seem very nervous that people are looking at my penis it's not that i just get pee shy oh pee shy is a thing yeah, yeah that's that's yeah, a, no- that's a total normal thing yeah that's i don't valid. i know think- maybe oh i had a revelation maybe maybe dudes are maybe dudes have shy bladders but they're too manly to admit it so they blame it on other dudes. Being gay. He yeah. was trying to see me. Yeah, he was trying to look at my dick. Uh, I couldn't pee because he was looking at my dick. No, um, you just got a shy bladder, my dude. I That's just so, got it's okay. So, like, that scene was solid. I just love how Ron, like, didn't get it. Uh, and then, like, his, like, subtle jab at the French was, like, very British and very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, he just seems the most genuine. How it came back around was good, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With Dominic then trying to see his dick. Mm-hmm. Also, I Dominic's got to be bi. He he did describe that guy's penis. He, as he like, said it was like the most beautiful penis I've ever seen, or something like that. Like the the dude clearly was at minimum unperturbed and at a level of almost certainty, like admiring of Ron's penis. So. I got some headcanons about Dominic now. <laughs> uh, so I can sum up my dislikes of this show pretty quickly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay that on you. Okay. Um, it's running in circles. Uh, I don't feel like anybody is going anywhere or doing anything or growing as a person. Any anything that hints at character development pretty quickly just gets backpedaled like it's almost like from episode to episode they've forgotten what happened in the last episode and are just starting over with their trope character archetypes there are a few exceptions uh like maya i would say is again this might just be down to uh lackluster writing in her characterization but she seems to be going from a total douchebag to some somewhat less of a douchebag all right uh but bruce we have all these moments where we think that he's learned something and we're given signals as though he has he has learned something and he might develop as a person uh but he just like immediately defaults back to old bruce uh like the Cal and Casey thing, we thought that was going to get off the ground, and then it didn't. Like, in the very first episode, 
Casey broke up with Dominic, and then in this episode, they got back together again and then broke up again in just a slightly different way. We're rubber banding in terms of what these characters are doing and what's going on in their heads. We're just sort of bouncing back and forth and not going anywhere, and that's really annoying to me. I don't really want to watch people just milling around not learning anything. I, I feel like I need a narrative structure in this show. I really like how, like, the different friend groups have interspersed and, like, bumped into each other, but then, like, gone back to their groups and stuff. But then uh, it also feels like the show has ignored stuff. Like, Bruce bumped into Maya again, and they acted like it was the first time they'd met. Like, they were like, oh, wait, it was Bruce, right? Oh, yeah, Maya, right? And it's like, you two have been, like, literally have had episodes named after you. Like, y'all shouldn't be surprised to be running into each other again now, or whatever. Um, also, it's, it's still got, like, racist shit and, mm-hmm. and like, Sexist yeah, shit. that. Uh, oh, I know what it's like to be black now, and like your foster dad thing. The foster dad yeah. joke was so that was bad. bad. That was not that was so bad. That was not funny. That was just so oh, let's bad. let's slam dunk some stereotypes real quick, and then go back to the show. Yeah, yeah, oh. and that, that that doesn't play that because it's like they frame it as just like here's the the you know back and forth five jokes we're gonna do and it's just like okay can it be about something other than the race of the person i was actually proud i was actually quite uh impressed that up to this point they had not made any uh remarks about cal being like the only black friend in that group of friends uh but now they ruined it like they they did all the the bad black friend jokes Every single one of them, they just, they just, they just drop kick those right in there. Also, it was like so intentionally racist on Bruce's part. Like, one, he's he's good friends with Cal. Like, he he knows all about Cal's life. There's no way he like made a mistake and like accidentally said that. Like, no, it was intentionally him being like. You're black, and all black people have bad fathers, right? Ha ha. And it was just like, fuck. No. Like, also, I don't know any of my black friends that would stay friends with someone after making a joke like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone made a queer joke like that with me, like, fuck you. We're not hanging out at bars after that together. Yeah. Like, that just reveals something innately shitty about you. I feel like the queer equivalent of that, of the foster dad thing, is, like, making some kind of joke about, like, you being molested as a child or something to queer people. And, like, yeah, I would absolutely dropkick that person into infinity. Like, I would never speak to them again. So. That or, like, do you have, like, AIDS? Yeah. That's, That's another really shitty thing. Or you're going to get AIDS. Yeah, so, like, that just didn't, like, fucking land with me. That kind of threw me out of the rest of that episode. No. Yeah, I, I get it. That, that's no good. He's still terrible. Bruce is, is terrible. Like, there's no getting around that. 
Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, we've had so many moments where the camera has zoomed in on him and the music has gotten quiet and he's made a sad face, like, as though he's learning something or having some introspection or something, but then he immediately bounces back to, like, oh, yeah, shitty Bruce is here again. It's just shitty Bruce. Like the... the Same old shitty Bruce. The episode where he's, like, in flashbacks, like, degrading himself for sex. Um, There's the red... The chick who really likes redheads, and she's, like, objectifying him in a way that's, like, not really okay. Uh, Like, it would make a normal person uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, cool. Mixology is going to, like, teach Bruce a lesson here. Like, this girl's going to objectify him to the point where he's uncomfortable. And he's going to have some reflection real quick and realize that that's how he treats women all the time. Like, that's how he treats every woman. And then he's going to learn and grow and realize that it's not okay to treat women like objects that you just fuck. And he doesn't learn that. He literally goes back to his group of friends and is like, I just learned the best thing ever. There are women who objectify redheads and are into gingers. And, like, they high-five and have a laugh. And I was like, oh, fuck, Mixology. Like, you wrote a lesson. You had it right there. And you just had him not learn it. Yeah. I, so, like, that was that was a huge letdown for me. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand that it's a comedy and that it's trying to be light, but but still, there are so right. many well, comedies. Like, you can that, be light and positive. Yeah, exactly. There are so many comedies that have, you know, something insightful hidden in there with all their jokes. Like mm-hmm. Jeff Winger from Community, I think, is a really great example of like, Jeff Winger's a douchebag. And Jeff Winger is like a self-proclaimed douchebag. And he still learns and grows. And he still keeps who he is as Mm -hmm. still like a bit of a pretentious twerk. And he suffers consequences. Yeah, that too. Um, And like looking at Parks and Rec, like it's a comedy, but it's a really good, positive comedy. Mm -hmm. And New Girl. With a good message. I love New Girl. And these are shows that like have characters of color. And they don't shy away from the fact that it's not that they don't mention that like Coach and Winston are black on New Girl. Like that comes up, but it's just not like handled in a shitty way. Like it's it's and if and if it is, it's like a quick like, are you serious? And the person's like, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm sorry. Like it, it's it's just it's just there there are so many blueprints on how this is done. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Well. Yep. Yeah. Like constantly talking about race and queerness and being a woman and like addressing issues but not being healthy relationships and but not being preachy and not like downplaying the issue either and Mm -hmm. uh brooklyn 99 is such a good show this is why it keeps getting renewed mixology is just like when i refer to it as like a war crime or like last week i called it a train wreck i think like I just see it blundering through these issues, like flailing about and crashing into all of them and not doing anything right with them. And so, like, do jokes land? Yeah, jokes land and jokes are funny. But um, the the issues for me are just uh, there. There are so many shows that are funny 
and also otherwise good that just getting getting a chortle out of the audience doesn't cut it as far as like a show being worthwhile in my opinion yeah i think this is i'll defend it for a second i think this is a step beyond that like there there are shows that like are out and i'm not saying that like this is better than you know south park or something like there are shows out there that like like lean on racism and homophobia and Uh, and yeah absolutely that that that, like that that use that for the comedy and that and those shows are awful this show is is a step above that and i think a couple steps above that um it doesn't make it better that like they still throw that in there when i don't think it needs it like i think that you know you could argue that that's worse um but yeah it's it's there's there's merit to it like i do think this show has something to say um even if it's a little muddled and not always clear in the narrative what's it saying tell me i can't figure it out (laughs) ronnie tell me what's it what's the show saying i mean do you want me to do you want me to try and parse it yeah Yeah, no let's serious i'll we'll save that for for the for the end for like the the working segment okay yeah um one thing that's not working for me is I know we talked about in the first episode how, you know, the the omniscient narrator is is just that. They're supposed to kind of know all, and what they say is kind of concrete. Um, I feel like the narrators for Liv are inconsistent, like, amongst, like, the way that they talk about that relationship. I feel like Liv is inconsistent in the way that she reacts to things, and I feel like both of those things are inconsistent with each other. Like it doesn't, it this this show would have been this episode ten really bothered me. I was bored of Liv like for most of the time. Episode ten bothered me because it's like it's just out of nowhere that she has this wanderlust, that she has like this desire to go to India, and that the fact that she's not is the end of the relationship. Like also her fiance takes her back so easily. Yeah. He's like, we're done. We're, we're over. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like Mm -hmm. he walked in on her. He walked in on her cheating. Right. And then was just like, I'm out of here. I'm done. We're not engaged anymore. She then runs back and like Maya apologizes. Like Liv doesn't even apologize. He takes her back, and then she dumps him mm-hmm. in the cab ride home. That like, yeah, that India thing was like the dumbest thing. She's like, right. "I want to take this fucking cab to the airport and go to India right now." And like, what? What do you? How? First of right. all, how? Like, that's really that's really selfish. Like, okay, like maybe. For the last couple of years, you all have been making some excuses about why you can't go to India. But, like, you can't just get in a cab and decide to go to the airport and go to India. That's not a realistic expectation that real people have. And she breaks up with him because he won't go to India with her on the spot. Right. Nobody nobody would do that. No responsible, normal person would do that. It would be something like... For like Dom and Casey, Dominic and Casey, where like he doesn't do any grand gestures for her to say, you know what, you owe me something big, and that like the show could play off that. But like 
for all intents and purposes, like the, the, this couple does big extravagant things all the time. It's just, it's just like at home, like it's, it's in their own neck of the woods and that's okay. Yeah. Um, he was talking about like taking her to like some, an opera or a play or something like that. Right. And she was like, no, I want to go to India. Like, what the fuck? Calm down, woman. He wanted to take her to see La Boheme, which is the inspiration for Rent. Oh, I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't remember that he had mentioned La Boheme, but... Mm -hmm. Also, her whole, like, go to India thing is, is... Also strikes me as a little bit, like... Cultural appropriation. Yeah, a little bit racist. Uh, like, she, they've, I'll give him a pass on that, because he, he flat out asked her, like, is this an eat, pray, love thing? Which, like, that, that dumb book about that white lady who, like, travels the world and, like, has a journey of self-discovery where she uses other people as a prop for her emotional development or whatever. And so I feel like her fiancé was, in fact, calling her out there by like sort of disparaging her for like this being an eat pray love thing and uh she was like yeah no it is it it absolutely is but i still want to (laughs) go like i i just i think the show would have been a lot better if she got in that cab she drove away and now it was now in the second half of this show it's a story about Okay, now we've seen how all these people came to this bar. Now let's see how this night ends. Like, how do these people begin to disperse back to real life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the better the better end to her story, in my opinion, uh, since I wrote Bruce's ending, uh, would have been uh, for her not to cheat on her fiancé um, and to have her realize that, no, I have a really great thing. Mm-hmm. And she does, like, and, yeah. she, and she says that, and she does that, and then she's, like, all of a sudden, like, hey, audience, here's this thing that she cares about a lot, and now she's going to care about it a lot, like, to the end of her relationship. Or have her realize, like I said the other week, that she's a lesbian, and that's why she hates her sure. her perfect relationship. And, uh, I don't know, she ends up with... Casey, because Casey should is another young, attractive woman. So, <laughs> so is that? Is that? Have we covered? I mean, there are surely more things, but we've talked about a lot of them in other episodes. Is that? Yeah, covered yeah. our. Yeah, dis- yeah. Dis- I've been negative the, enough for the evening. There's, there's no need to to nitpick, and that's not what we try and do here at Ending Pending. Certainly, we're, I don't. We're not cinema sense. All right, so let's uh, let's run through this, uh, Andy. Yeah, this whole run of episodes is it working for you? Um, no. It, it episodes one through ten. Yep, one uh, through ten. Is it working? Each chunk has gotten a little bit better, but uh, still not working for me yet. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Is this show, the whole thing, working for you? No. Uh, it, it did have a peak uh, last week, but um, it's just, 
it's so stagnant that I can't I can't can't handle it. So no, unfortunately, sorry. Hey Ronnie. Hey yeah. It's this this whole this whole kitten caboodle, this whole bucket o show, is it working for you? It is. All right, it's working. Fine. Um, We're gonna have to friend I'll, break up with you, and then you'll fine. have to friend drift off to another friend group and get invited to their wedding, and then eventually we'll realize that we were lost without you. Yeah. I could I could never friend break up with Ronnie. Oh. I love you too much, Ronnie. Oh, I love you too. Oh, y'all's um, friendship is so pure. So when the end of episode ten popped up and. Liv seemingly was going to kind of drive away and, and that was the end of her experience at the bar. I thought that's what they were doing was that they were, you know, going to be doing a, okay, now here's how Liv leaves. Okay. And here's how Ron leaves the bar and here, and it would slowly go down until it was just like, you know, whoever was left. Bruce would be last. Sure. Sure. Um, and I got really sad. Like I was like, I'm going to miss this show when it's over. Like, I'm going to like and and this comes to like what I think this show has to say. It is very like you know, it, it is very midsummer night streamish. We we talked about that a little bit two episodes ago where it's like you know, or into the woods is even a good good metaphor. Uh into the woods a Sondheim musical that kind of takes all of the fairy tales that we know and love and jams them all together and and there's this whole idea of the woods and they kill god they don't do that. They do. They kill the narrator. They do kill the narrator. Yeah, okay. They kill God. Fair enough. In in that, there's like this song about, you know, th- that the baker's wife has about being in the woods and like this was just a moment in the woods and, you know, you have to go, you can go into the woods, but you have to come back out again. Like there's this idea that like, you can spend time in the bar. You can be here. You can interact with people in a way that you can't interact with them anywhere else. But eventually you have to go back to reality. Eventually you've got to go to sleep and wake up the next morning and continue with what's going on. And I feel like this is just one of those things where what the show is trying to say is like in those moments, and, and Evan, you can argue with me because you can argue that this isn't happening, but in those moments in the woods or in the bar, you can experience growth. Some people are, some people aren't, and those, you know that reflects the, you know how much they're putting into this experience and what they're willing to get out of it. But you know, in these short times where you can kind of explore a little bit more than you normally can, you can change the person that you are when you wake up the next morning, and your life can be different or it can't. You know, whatever whatever you choose, but you can take advantage of these times. But Keep in mind, you only have a short time to do that before you have to go back to reality. So that's what I feel like the show is saying. And I feel very drawn to that. Like, I feel very in, invested in that and and in, like, you know, hanging out at bars and, like, oh, the oh you guys got to go. Oh, don't go. Why don't you stay? Like, that can get annoying but, like when you have friends like that. But it's because, like, well, I don't want this moment to end because once this moment ends, like, I'm, you know, potentially by myself and 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 i don't i don't want this kind of like and i and i understand this is coming from you know a very i said that i wasn't really a genuine extrovert but this is a very like extroverted kind of a concept but like that it's just that kind of thing of like we're living in this place and it's very fleeting and it's good 
and if we could just stay here it would be perfect but that's you know that that whole utopia thing you can't you can't stay there you have to move on and that genuinely made me like this show a little bit more i it's it's what is is pulling me through i'm gonna be sad when this show is over for sure and at that point i can't say it's not working it's definitely working that was rad i'm glad that it you know, has been such a positive experience for you, Ronnie. I can't say that I identify, but, you know, you yeah. do you. My cat's it's, also desperately trying to pull my headphones out of my yeah. ears right now. I, I just, just, I wanted to make that point that it's not just because, like, oh, it's a comedy and Ronnie just always loves comedies. I do, but also this show says something to me that, I, like, Selfie certainly didn't say anything to me in the way that this show does. Any housekeeping? Anything that we want to plug, Andy? I think you should plug your uh, your your burgeoning Twitter oh, career. Shit, yeah, I'm I'm like a big deal on Twitter. Um, I've been doing uh just some 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 silly tweets, trying to get a character, uh, specifically a queer character, named after myself in the Adventure Zone, which is a, a good good podcast we reference on here all the time. Uh, but I'm uh, Andy Randolph on Twitter. And uh, if you want to see what my face looks like, it's on my Twitter. You can search the hashtag, hashtag Fantasy Barista. Which for is some... where I've been dropping my The Adventure Zone shit. Mm-hmm. Good tweets. Good tweets. All about a magical fantasy Starbucks that, uh, that Andy is the barista at. And Andy, everyone comes in. Andy really wants attention like desperately all the time andy andy loves it when people pay attention to them so get on there give andy a little a little twit or whatever you do Mm -hmm. on twitter that sounded weird um evan anything you want to plug uh that that's okay i I don't i don't have anything i need to plug okay i have all i have all the attention that i need just plug my twitter again uh, I'm going to use my plug to plug Andy's Twitter again because they, they need good affection one. more Yay. desperately than I it's do. It's a good one. Yay. Yep. yep. Andy's Twitter. Go follow. <laughs> That's my plug, too. Oh, I'm so blessed. Uh, they want to be on the show. Put Andy on the show. Do it, Griffin, you coward. Make me a queer in your fantasy world. Yeah, that's right. Neg Griffin. Be brave enough to do it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Griffin. Yeah, sorry. Neg, Neg Griffin McElroy on our I podcast. I'm you a coward. I love you so much. You're not a coward. Uh, You're real brave. All right. It's time for this podcast uh, to be done. No. Yep. Uh, it's time to be done. I hurt Griffin's if you're, feelings. If you're a cop, Griffin McElroy, you have to tell us. I know you're sensitive. I'm sorry. But seriously, Griffin, if you're a cop, you gotta you got to tell Evan. You got you to tell Evan, and then, and then we're going to feed you to a closet badger. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm sorry, Griff. Sweet, sweet boy. You're the baby's brother. You're the baby. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping. I'm stopping.